Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to And What Did We Learn? Um, I knowingly <laughs> am recording this late, so this is going to be released late. So my apologies to <clears throat> everyone, <laughs> anyone who's listening, anyone who was like, hey, I actually listened to your show, Sarah, and where the heck is it? Um, it's here. It's here. It's just slow. Uh, I just want to let you guys know I'm slow and right now <laughs> they came out wrong um, but it's kind of part of what I'm about to say um, I as anyone who's been listening knows I did end up contracting the COVID-19 virus um, technically recovered it, it was it's been over a month now um, since I started having symptoms I got really sick um, symptoms decreased somewhat um, so that I was a like, kind of functional um, but they never went away so I have what's called post-COVID syndrome or long hauler syndrome or whatever they're calling it. And no one knows what the heck it, it's about, why it's happening. There's no active virus in my body, but like clearly it did something that my body's reacting to. And like, we just don't know what yet, which is really fun. <laughs> As someone who's uh, spent their entire life dealing with medical mysteries and pain, it's not cool, but I'm trying not to be negative about it. So that's just a little blurb um, for, for everyone <laughs> before I get into it. So I hope you, like I said, I hope you understand and I'm sorry. Um, but in happier news, I really want to shout out my new patron, Betsy. Thank you so much for being a patron. You're already an amazing fan and person. Betsy, you guys, she's been on an episode and she still is a patron because she wants, she's awesome because she rocks. And I love you, Betsy. Please feel free to contact me if you want to come back on the show. Um, yeah, I'm just so stoked. I know I have these tears and everything, but like, honestly, if you really want to, if you want to be on the show, I'm not going to like say no. Um, if you have some, something valid to offer you guys, the, the tears are there because Patreon is like, hey, make tears, but you know, give what you can if you are willing, if you are able to be a patron, just give what you can. And honestly, I'll give what I can because I just want it to be a community and I'm just stoked that people are listening just knowing that even two people, at least two people are listening because they're paying money for it. So that, that really boosts my spirits. You know, it's been a fucking weird time for everybody. And I, you know, a lot, a lot of shit has gone down and I just, um, starting a podcast is probably besides getting engaged, of course, is probably like the biggest thing for 2020 for me. I actually have a lot of big things, but starting a podcast is something I'm really proud of because like, it's just, it was just me deciding to do it. Right. No one was like sheltering me or helping me. And, and, and now I have it and I have my little fan fan group and, and I have a, a great new friend in Justine who reached out as well. And now I have a podcast with her and more to come on coast to coast cocktails. So anyway, before I talk you all out of listening by talking too much, I am going to, oops, sorry. I'm going to talk to you about an episode of the show Addicted. So Addicted is a lot like intervention. Obviously, it's because interventions take place in the show. Um, it was only on for two seasons, as far as I can tell, which is a bummer, but it's on Prime. And I, I happen to be a very big fan, not just of, you know, watching it, but of Christina Wanslack, who is the person who is doing all the intervening. It's her show. Um, she's very endearing and we'll get into it I'm, you know 
and if you watch the show or when you listen to the clips, you'll you'll get a taste of kind of her style and her her approach. And and I it's one that I really really enjoy seeing because it follows kind of the tenets of behavioral science, which of course you know I'm a big nerd for, and I like seeing that she's really committed to the to the core. She's committed to really helping people in an effective way, and she knows how, and she doesn't get offended like it's amazing um and also you know her story is one fucking hell of a story uh what she's been through and she's not cheesy she's not like i'm so happy you know that i haven't done drugs like she's she's very real and so anyway the whole premise of the show is the intervention is not surprise which i like and um you know liz bentley i know has talked more than once on her podcast um liz explains it all that about how um the idea of a surprise intervention is like there's an ethical question there like there's some boundaries there that are being broken um you know because it's like it's optional you can you don't have to say yes but you know you are being coerced um not not even just to go to treatment but to be in that room with all those people like it's very your autonomy is taken away from you like let's just face it it just is and i'm not saying that's not necessary for some people but it's it gets kind of cringy sometimes so and Christina Wanzelak also feels that forced intervention isn't going to work because you need to know that the person that you're intervening on is going to be willing to at least attempt treatment. Because if they're not willing, it doesn't matter. Even if they say yes, if they're just like, yeah, I'll say yes, so you can get the fuck out of my face, it's not going to make a difference. So her thing is finding people that, you know, express themselves are saying, I really want to get better, even though I don't know how, even though it's hard. I'm at that stage that I want to get better. So I'm ready for an intervention. Like I'm ready for you to help me. And the intervention is part of that process, but it's no surprise. It's intimidating, but it's no surprise. Um, and I, I much prefer that. I, I don't think I could ever do surprise interventions on people. That, I just think it would be so, I would have a really hard time feeling like I was forcing them and restraining them um, in a lot of cases. Yeah, all that forced drama, I just don't love it. Um, but again, that's just my opinion. And I, you know, I'm not part of that community. So I'm not, obviously I'm not an expert. Um, so anyway, I'm going to get into this episode. I chose this episode about Sean and Gina, uh, which is the last episode actually of the show um, and of the season two. And I, it's, it's really um, impactful for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, one of which being that there's there's two people here. We're talking about two individuals. They are a couple, um, but that actually can make things, or does make things so much more complicated because not only do you have someone who's, there are two people who are dependent on drugs, but they're also dependent on each other. And then their relationship, there's no separating their relationship and drugs. And, you know, we get into that. And that's a big theme through this episode. I just love the honesty about it without being brash and, and hurtful it's just honesty and like sean has a lot of anger issues and i appreciate the way that christina deals with it seriously like she's like it isn't you know she's very 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 aware and very concerned about what we'll get into it but about mentions of domestic violence even we even see it on film um but she still shows him respect for you know trying to get better and she doesn't take his bullshit, you know, she's not like, I don't, anger isn't an excuse, basically, is what she tells him later on. So 
we have Sean and Gina. Sean is 27 and Gina's 35. And they live, you know, the show is interesting because it never gives specific locations for whatever reason. But I happen to know where it is because it's like right where I live. <laughs> it's in the uh, Marin area for I just recognize. And sometimes they will say like Santa Rosa or Petaluma, you know, Marin um, slash uh, Sonoma County if they're up in Santa Rosa. I think they go up there sometimes and you know the treatment centers that they're sent to are generally nearby um one of them in this one is in san jose where i lived for like six years so you know they're they're in marin somewhere north of the golden gate bridge and they are living in a tent they are both addicted to heroin um gina started out addicted to meth <clears throat> and then through Sean who she met apparently at like school somehow at some point they were both in a mechanical school of some sort auto mechanic and that's how they met and Gina had relapsed and in back into meth we learned she's actually a mother who got sober long enough to have her second baby and have him be born healthy and then she left um, her don't know if it was a husband or a partner but we'll hear that later I think um left everybody her whole family to go back to meth and I guess I presumably was out on the streets she doesn't really give details past that um but somehow she was in this school and that's how she met Sean who was also not sober at the time and he was using heroin um and at, at one time they were living I think in a residential hotel um but or just like a I guess just like a apartment and they got evicted and that's how they ended up in the tent so they've been there for three to four months um in the yard of some good samaritan that sean met panhandling was like hey i have space in my yard and sleeping bags and you can live here and it's like wow you've got it a lot better than most homeless people because a no one's going to kick you out b you have resources and c you're protected by this house in front of you you know it's like and they even have this little outdoor kitchen set up i mean honestly it sucks no one wants to live like this who the fuck wants to live in a tent all sweaty and gross i don't even like tents for one night i'm not a camper you guys i'm probably gonna have to go camping because i'm marrying someone whose family camps but i just the the sensation of waking up in a tent when it's so fucking hot like you've been microwaved all night it's like and you're all bundled up because it was so cold the night before and you wake up and you're just like the it's just the worst it's the worst everything the worst sweat the worst smells the worst dry mouth the worst like fucking pain because you're in a tent oh i can't i just can't you guys it's one of the things that i just ugh. Um, anyway, so they live in this tent and it's nasty, obviously using heroin. Um, Sean, obviously, as I mentioned, and is going to come up a lot, um, is abusive, explosive and controlling as we see shortly. He is use he's using at this point just to stay well, which is what, you know, is called late stage addiction, basically. Like you're not even getting, you are getting high, obviously, but you're just like, your body is addicted to the substance and you're not, it's not fun. It's like, I'm going to be sick if I don't do this. Um, so yeah, so they got, oh, sorry. They got married. They met and then they got married after a few weeks of knowing each other while high, obviously. I don't know if Gina was doing heroin at that point, but she was doing math, which is like, also mind altering like a I need not say that right um and th at this point that we're watching them they've been married for a year and four months I don't know if the wedding was legal like I had it's sort of just I wonder if like how did they have the wherewithal to like legally get married you know what I mean like they don't they can't even 
they're not capable of anything really except panhandling and then somehow they got married anyway uh maybe things really deteriorated over that one year and four months maybe they had you know some wherewithal i guess they were in school right it's scary it's scary how quickly people i'm not trying to judge i'm just saying it's scary how quickly these drugs and, and also toxic relationships can degrade and get really really dangerous and nasty and awful i mean this guy i'm just gonna say like he would he probably would have ended up killing her because he's on drugs and he's a rageaholic and a narcissist um so he they use heroin three times a day provided that they can um, and if they don't have, Sean explains when they don't have heroin, they get morphine and oxy from uh, Gina's friend. And that's like enough to keep them well, but it's like not the ideal, I guess. It's like, you know, you really want Burger King, but it's not around. So you get like Subway. I don't know. <laughs> I don't do drugs, guys. I don't really know the comp, comp, how it compares. Maybe it's just like it takes the pain away, but it doesn't give you the high. You know what I mean? Like, um, methadone or something even though i know methadone kind of makes people high i mean morphine makes you like woozy and sleepy so i guess it kills pain right morphine is a painkiller so that does that tracks oxy same thing um yeah so that's all my notes for kind of the opening scenes you know when they give us the like about their life and you hear like everything's fun they're like my baby um so i didn't i felt like i didn't need to play that because it kind of gives away a lot and i'd rather just explain that but now we'll get into the clips because you know me i love my clips um clips in context right so this clip that I'm going to play, it's only about a minute and it's about kind of their daily routine um, outside of the tent, out in the town, whatever town they're in, somewhere around here. Um, and what they, how they panhandle and like just what that's like and what that's about. And I just want to say before I play it, um, just so that you know, uh, Gina is holding a sign that says Christian mother of three sons, please help, which is like, or two sons, please help, which is like sly because it's technically true like all of it's true you know what i mean like think about it it's actually really clever because if you have a guilty conscience that's none of that's a lie she is maybe she's christian i don't know maybe that's a lie she has two sons she's not with them and she, she wants help she wants money she, they didn't say what for she didn't say it was for her sons. so um yeah just, yeah it's a manipulation of course anyway uh here you go here's the le clip Anything today, sir? Sorry to bother you, bro. You have a blessed day. Gina and I, we panhandle, we get our money. We'll walk over here to the gas stations and places that have a lot of people. First of the month is always great. End of the month, not so good, but we, we, we make it. We make it. Go get a job. Panhandling is like the job you hate. Oh, excuse me, sir. Do you have a dollar you could spare? All right, thank you. God bless. You have a great day. You gotta really swallow your pride to ask strangers for money. But I gotta do what I gotta do. Oh, thank you, ma'am. God bless. Have a good day. Thank you. That's it. That's all I needed. Me and Sean set a goal, and I made that within easily an hour. And now I'm gonna go back and meet Sean. Three chains. Hey, baby. Gina and I make anywhere between 50 to $80 a day. After we do that, we score. Oh, thanks a lot, man. We do our dope, we go home, we get up, we do it all over again. No days off. Every single day, same thing, every day. 
Okay, I must say it is distracting watching this because I'm still trying to figure out what town they're in. I'm like, huh, is this Santa Rosa? Like, is this maybe Mill Valley? Like, it's not, it doesn't look nice enough to be Mill Valley. It's weird. It's weird when things are close to you. I don't know. It's like you feel like, oh my god, I know him, but it's like a town. Anyway, yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't say anything about that as unusual. That panhandling routine sounds pretty standard. Um, it's just so, like, cringy. I just can't imagine. And, you know, I'm somebody who, I, I, I feel for people that are struggling with this, like, homelessness crisis and drug crisis. There's so many people that aren't shitheads. They're just really, really unfortunate. And in, in this community around me, like, when I feel that it's, the right move I don't know like when it's just when I'm pulled I will usually be like if there's a, some mom that has like a sign or whatever that she's a mom she usually has a baby with her I'll ask like do you need formula you know like I get them what they need if they have like items usually that's like way less sketchy that's like kind of like charity you know as opposed to like here's some money for whatever's on your sign hope it's true like you know people that have signs it's like I have stage four cancer give me money um and then like I've given like food to this one encampment um nearby where I like do my grocery shopping I don't know like I don't I guess some people would say that that's enabling and I don't know but it's enabling them to live I don't know their story I'm just trying to be a good good presence in the world you know what I mean but then you watch something like this and it's like well that sucks I mean I'm not even mad at them because like they're stuck like for this I'm not mad at them for being addicted to drugs especially considering i have i have an addictive history myself you know with with the bulimia and everything it's just it's just really disappointing <laughs> it sucks man it totally sucks um okay so here's where we need to bring up um oh no i'm sorry i'm i'm ahead of myself so after this we get to, christine is actually going to meet them so she comes to the tent <laughs> to meet them this is a longer clip that i'm going to play but i just love christina i love or Christine, I'm sorry. And the things she has to say, I like the questions she asks. I just like her demeanor. She's very casual, but also she means business. Like, I don't know. Guys, apparently I'm in love with this person. <laughs> um, but they, so they discuss kind of the circumstances. How did you get here? The kids, some of it I've mentioned already, but this will give you like it from, you know, from the mouths of the, the people. Um, and then they talk about the the relationship, the dynamic of the relationship and like, how is this really functioning like because you can see right away there's a concern it's known right I'm sure the producers have witnessed it already it's known that he is abusive and so Christine is very wary but you can't just confront an abuser right you have to be like really tactical about it and you can't control anything that happens but you can see her doing that here so let's uh let's uh listen to that and i'm gonna keep trying to figure out where they are okay so we're back at the tent so i'm here to meet gina and sean i'm christina how are you we're hanging in there good i want to learn about their relationship their addiction and how i might be able to help as we move into intervention so I'd really like to just hear from each of you how you came essentially to be where you are today. So how did you meet? We met at school. I was studying motorcycles and she was studying cars. So how old are you then? 
I am 27 years old. So you're 27, and how old are you? 35 now. And you're married? Uh, how long have you been married? For a year and four months. Uh, to be honest with you, our families don't even know. Your families don't know you're married? No. No, not at all. Why didn't you tell them? Because they weren't a part of our lives. We were using and... We were high when we did it and... When did you start using? I tried cocaine at the prom of my sophomore year. By prom my junior year, I was shooting up meth in the bathroom. What made you shoot up for the first time? I like the off actor. I like the... I, I, I take to the extreme. Gina, what about you? When, how old were you when you started using? I started using methamphetamines when I was 18. I would do a little bit here and a little bit there, and then it got to be more. Have you ever been to treatment before? Yeah, I was sober for a couple months. OK. Because I was pregnant at the time, so I stayed sober up until after I gave birth. And then two, about two months later, I, I left my husband and my newborn son and my, um, my other son to, for drugs. You miss them? Of course I miss my kids. I miss them a lot. I think about them all the time. That really messed me up a lot, and I started using a really lot then. So how do you feel about your relationship at this point, where it stands? I mean, how has addiction affected your relationship? Honestly, it's made us closer. What about arguing? Is that a part of your relationship? Arguing is, uh, I get violent occasionally. What does that look like? I've choked her once choked or twice. Me. He has a problem with his anger. How do you feel about that? I feel like a piece of I feel like the biggest piece of in the world. And I know that it's due to drugs. When we get clean and sober, it will change that, I hope. I want to be sober more than anything I've ever wanted. I'm tired of this life. The way we live when we're addicted is frankly disgusting. I mean, you can do this. All you got to do, right? is walk the path. Trust me, I know how to get out of this. I'm just gonna ask you to trust me. It's not a problem. I am hurting like none other, man. Sorry, I let that run a little too long. Um, but it takes us into the next scene where Gina's feeling sick. But I just... <laughs> I got to go over a little bit. Um, first of all, the way that he's like immediately like, oh, it's only made us closer. Like that's so suspect and controlling. Like I think he said that to deflect and, and you know, to be in denial, but also to, to respond before Gina could. He's like, because she follows his lead because it's a totally controlling relationship as we see in the next scene and forever the rest of the episode. Another thing I want to say is like huge sigh at the whole makes me feel like a piece of shit. It's like, that's not enough, dude. Met, I don't. Okay, people, people, individuals who have this pathological narcissism and controlling anger issue, I think, feel like so, sorry is uh, it's a manipulation, and I feel like a piece of shit, and I'm a bad person. It's like those are all manipulations for the sake of other people, and maybe to make yourself feel better. I guess it's part of the denial, but the the main part of it is it makes it's meant to make other people soften towards you like oh well he feels bad it's like then that that's kind of permission you know oh well if if it's the drugs if it's this if you'd be different otherwise then it just gives him free reign to be like well it's this and that's who i am so you know whatever 
and I'm just saying this, not being, not trying to be a general, like to generalize. It's just, that was my experience with my abusive ex and, um, boy, it's just very familiar and I'm like, good. I, I think I'm past the point of being triggered by this episode because I've seen it so many times. Um, but this guy, like, I wouldn't say he looks or, or, you know, has a life like my ex, but his, uh, his manipulations, his demeanors, the way he fights, the things he says, the way he cuts her down, the way he uses nonsense and acts like it's logic and then takes her logic and makes it as if it's nonsense. That is exactly what I experienced. And I have to think it's not, I'm not unique in that, or it's my situation's not unique in that. Like that is classic. That is a tactic. And it's just like, it's <sighs> anyway, um, it's obviously <clears throat> learned, but, um, you know, there's a whole process of that. And, and I, I'll get to it, but like, personally, I, I am of the opinion that these two individuals have different, but both have either intellectual disabilities or developmental disabilities. And I'm not just saying that because I work with people of special needs, but like, they don't seem like Gina does not, even when she's sober, she really doesn't seem like she's 35. She did the fact she may have kids, but like, she's never been a mom. Like she's never been there for them. She's never actually been responsible. She's like a kid when she talks, it's like a 12 year old, you know, like, so I don't know if there's a trauma thing there or if she's just like low IQ. Again, I'm not trying to be a dick. It's just these can often be factors that lead to addiction. And that's something that isn't paid attention to in our, in America, at least. Like, it's just like, oh, you're a druggie, you're bad. But it's like, no, there's so many things that can lead to it, which means, duh, there's so many ways to prevent it. But we don't put enough into that, you know, freaking like Nancy Reagan and the D.A.R.E. program aren't cutting it. OK, um, R.I.P. Nancy. I mean, whatever. But yeah it that really i don't know irked me i guess is the best way to say it um so next we move on and i'm not gonna play this because it's just like i'm not gonna play the whole thing i'm gonna play part of it but um so gina's feeling really sick she's withdrawing she she says it feels like having the, just the worst flu in the world hot cold flashes aches pains etc it sounds like <laughs> sounds like post-covid syndrome <laughs> when it's acting up honestly um, but, you know, everybody knows that feeling, like, just feeling like fucking shit. And it sounds like, well, I don't know. the Okay, not everybody knows this feeling because not everybody is withdrawing from heroin. And I certainly am not. Um, but I certainly know what a bad hangover feels like. And, and I know what feeling sick feels like. You know, your body is like, something's wrong. Fuck. Like, I need something or get something out of me. And it just freaks out. Um, so Gina's in pain. And Sean is very annoyed because that just, you know, that that gets in his way. <laughs> He gives no shits. Um, so I'm just going to play his response to her because this sets the tone for like kind of how things go until we reach uh, the point where they actually have to go to treatment. So oh, look at that. I got that exactly right. Okay. So here's Sean um, talking to his wife who is ill. Bitch. I hate this life. I'm frustrated because Gina's a lazy ass bitch, dude. She knows damn well we have to go out and get some money so we can get some heroin out instead of morphine. And she just sits there and lays there like a lazy ass man. Irritates the out of me. I'm always afraid of Sean. His very violent mood swings. Very violent. I know that's bad, but I mean, he scares me, but I know he's not going to kill me. I don't think he's going to kill me. If I'm wrong, I'm dead. 
but isn't that where I want to be anyways? I'd rather be dead than be here. And that's sad. And that scares me. Yeah, so so further to my point, um, there's a part of her that knows that he can it or will or probably will kill her eventually. And she's resigned to that because she's in a really, really bad place herself. Um, she has no support. She she has a person that she's with, but as Christine points out later, like he doesn't he's not choosing to be with her. He's not a man, he's not a husband, he's not a partner, he's not anything, he's just there. And I'm not saying that she's like doing a bunch of amazing things but she's also not abusive or mean or combative you know he he's a jerk she's just a victim of him somebody who needed help and instead got got stuck with another addict who is also has who also has anger issues and is abusive so not really it's hard and honestly again lived it i, I can be i can honestly say i couldn't count the, the amount of times that i didn't feel good because i've chronic pain and all this other stuff or or i just have like a fucking really bad cold and it wouldn't matter and I, it would be it would be a screaming match like you're boring you're annoying and we weren't on drugs it was just like you know my ex would be like you're boring you're not doing what i want who cares if you're sick you can sit in a movie theater you can sit in a restaurant you can sit in the car why can't you just do stuff like you're a fucking bitch you know i could go on but um you know i was always the worst and i was lazy and all that shit um and of course, that's what he's doing to her. And that's just a way of being like, I don't know how to deal with the world. So I'm just going to be say, fuck it. And it's all stupid. And I want what I want. You know, like, it's just this like method of living that they haven't grown out of because they haven't been compelled to. And of course, Gina's very weak and she's allowing this. So people like Sean find people like Gina and people like Gina get preyed upon because she I, honestly, I, I'm guessing she has some sort of trauma in her past or it's just that she's not very intelligent and she's very susceptible and I, again i don't mean that as an insult i just mean some people have intellectual disabilities some people don't mature past a certain age it's just a fact i'm not trying to insult her her life is valuable and she does not deserve to be treated like this by any means um so i hated that um <laughs> and then they're gonna go buy drugs and sean, sean is just such a fucking hothead he's always overreacting he's always angry he's like just it's hard to watch him i can't even imagine being around him like Ugh. um they're supposed to buy drugs and he's like it's a sketchy area it's like, it looks like petaluma which is not um dangerous but i don't know where they are somewhere around here that's sketchy i guess maybe i don't know whatever and so he has her wait in like a diner he's gonna go alone and then in the meantime, um, there's a clip of Christine meeting Sean's family. And it's quite powerful to me. Again, this is just an exceptional episode. This family meeting just feels uh, more intense, more deep, because it's Christine, quite frankly, um, than a lot usually end up being. And it's this not, you know, there's not this defensiveness or this like, well, what do you want me to do? I got to care. Uh, fuck you. Like, they're all just like, yeah, we are really aware of this. And like, it, we're just heartbroken um, and scared. So let's listen to this clip. It's about two minutes um, of Christine meeting Sean's family. My name is Christina Wanzelak. I practice family intervention, and I want to hear about Sean's addiction and when you became aware of his using. And Colleen, I would like to start with you, please. 
when he was about 16, he was arrested for marijuana. That was like a, a, a clue. And then he was arrested again for ecstasy. And then he stole and went to prison. How long did he go to prison for? Nine months. Did it change him? Yeah. I, I, yes, definitely. There's an expression, when you get out of prison, you can take the boy out of the yard, but you can't take the yard out of the boy. Held very true with Sean after he got out. Just something would happen out on the street or driving around. It would snap. He would have yeah. to react to it. Are you afraid of him? If he were to show up on my doorstep and I was the only one here, I probably wouldn't let him in. So, Dave, tell me, how has his addiction affected your life? I'm really upset. What are you angry about? Um, that he let this happen to him again. You know, he got out of prison, totally clean and sober. He swore it off. He never wanted to do that again. And it just makes me sad to think that every time you, he picks up that needle, he's, you know, he's rolling the dice. It's like playing Russian roulette. You know, it just kind of breaks your heart, especially when it's your son. I think that's a common feeling for parents like yourselves that are caught in late-stage addiction, which essentially Sean is. When you make that statement that it's late stages of addiction, for somebody like me who doesn't understand that, would you like me to explain it? I think I want you to explain it to me, but I'm not sure I can take it. What do you think I mean? The, close to death? Yes. The way he's living is not conducive to health. All he does every day is use not to get sick. That's a late stage addiction. Phew, okay. Um heartbreaking and i just have to say like really well produced and shot like that moment it wasn't manufactured at all but it just was so heartbreaking and beautiful and the mom is so vulnerable and sweet and it's just very heartbreaking you know that moment that moment of honesty i don't know if i want to know but i think i know what it means you know just great content I, really powerful um yeah i, I want to talk it to death because it kind of stands on its own so back to the drug deal going awry. Um, sorry for the paper sounds. I did take notes on paper. Uh, Sean, a big surprise, is flipping out because I guess the guy he was supposed to meet didn't have the heroin. And then the other guy that had the heroin left and he's a big baby and he's having a flip out. And it's like, fuck, you're such a child. Um, so let's just play that. Oh, my apologies. I'm going to pause because Kyler's got the bathroom fan on. Okay, we're back. <clears throat> the fan is off. <laughs> um, so we are at the point where, like I said, he's having a big baby flip out. So what I'm going to do is uh, share with you what that sounds like, uh, making sure that I'm at the correct spot. Uh, so basically, this is his reaction to, um, you know, not getting what he wants. It's certainly not her fault. Um, and if, in case you're confused, I'm just going to explain what happens before I play this clip. So essentially, Sean is very angry that he couldn't get the heroin. So he's like, well, I guess we're doing morphine tonight. Fuck, you know. And he tells Gina, you know, get us two pills. We need at least two pills. And she gets on the phone. And I mean, she didn't tell him she couldn't. She just got on the phone and to her friend and said, I need one pill. And then he starts freaking out. I said, do I said, do. And she's like, she's already told me she will only give me one. You didn't even try. Right. 
So it's like logic. I already know she's not going to give me more than one. And then it's like a huge overreaction. Um, you know, fuck you. You should have tried. That's what it's all. It doesn't even matter about the pills. You should. It's like, I need to be mad. I need to be mad. You need to be in trouble. This is why you're in trouble. Okay. She's not going to give you more. Well, you should have tried. Even if you know the answers now, it's like, how can I make you, how can I blame you? How can I fucking, you know, destroy you? Because I'm angry about something that I can't control. That's not your fault. That's essentially what happens here. So if you don't love that, the idea of that, just skip forward about, I'd say two minutes and you'll just hear me talking. So yeah, I just, I I understand that this isn't fun, but I do think it's important to really make it clear that this guy is, it's not just about the drugs in this episode. And I, I do appreciate that they address that repeatedly. So here we go. I'm sitting here waiting for Sean to come back from connecting with our dealer. I'm trying to be patient, but I'm getting too old for this. Gina! Grab your Let's get the out of here. Stupid didn't have it. Piece of told me to get on the bus, spend some money to get down there. And then when I came there, he didn't have it. And his homeboy that did have it was already gone. Mother We're doing morphine the rest of the time. Call Stinky. Ask her from two. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just have to laugh at that. Call Stinky. Ask her for two. Like, he's so angry. But you can't say that in an angry voice because it just sounds hilarious. Call Stinky. I'm sorry. That just, the first time I heard it made me crack up, even though, like, this isn't funny. But, like, he's such a fucking loser asshole okay i don't like sean guys okay here we go hey i was wondering can i buy one of those pills off you please i want two she's only gonna sell me one anyway you you only asked her for one well i'm not gonna i I can't get okay i'm done talking to you i'm telling you what i want you need to do it let's go now Stupid bitch, dude. Sean asked me to get some morphine for my friend, and uh, she told me last night that she can't supply our habit doing two pills a day. She doesn't have that. I ask you to try. That's all I asked for. And did you? No. Because she told me last night. Shut the up until I'm done talking. I already feel it boiling inside of me. I'm going to get violent today, and I really don't want it to be with her. I told her to call her friend for some morphine pills. I told her we want two. At least try. Did she? No. That's what pisses me off about her. She doesn't try. And I hate that. I'll put somebody in her place. Especially her. Why don't you just do what I ask? At least try for two. Did you? No. Did you? I'm not going to try. I'm not going to try. I'm not. You that. Bitch. Okay, it's over. You're all safe. Clip is over. Um, I do understand that that's really triggering content, and it is triggering for me as well, um, especially watching it. Um, so if you do watch this episode, just be aware. Um, he does throw her up against that a retaining wall outside in, in front of traffic and in front of the crew. Like, this guy is really dangerous. Like, if he's doing that in front of cameras, oh, like, the things he's doing when cameras aren't there. That's why she knows. Like, that's why she's like, I don't think he'll kill me. That's not because of drugs, dude. Okay? Plenty of people do drugs and don't do that. Drugs make you the worst version of yourself, but you're he's still himself. Like, that 
and clearly he started this young and he had issues when he was young like his family is aware and they're scared of him too yeah just drugs are secondary to this guy's problems anyway um obviously he needs to be off of them but jesus fucking christ like he needs therapy for a lot more you know what i mean um so yeah this they have this epic fight fucking blatant physical abuse this poor woman and like she's like trying to just ignore and like not provoke him more and then finally she loses it and she just yells back and that's when he slams her against the wall I bet in her mind she was like, wow, this is my fault because I said something. And that's how my mind used to work. And that's how they program you, people like this. So, and again, I'm not trying to gender it. I'm talking, I'm saying people, I'm not saying men, I'm saying people, humans, individuals. Um, and I just wrote, this woman is so unsafe. Like, at least there's cameras following her because she's so unsafe. Um, and then, boy, we get right into the intervention. Um, well, maybe not right into it. Um there's a little bit of them, hold on. Yeah, just kind of preparing for it and being like nervous and like, oh, she says he never would have done that without being on drugs is, you know, she gives a little excuse and it's like, it's actually, I can just play it for you. It's not violent. Um, so no worries, no need to skip. It's just kind of her trying to rationalize because that's the only thing she can do because she's stuck she's so stuck here we go i'm not gonna oh, sorry i didn't realize they were gonna replay it <laughs> okay we're past fast forwarding that here we go thank you everyone for coming it's great to see each of you again this is my colleague anthony Okay, I mixed up the order of things. I apologize, guys. I don't, I, I know that at some point she rationalizes and says, I know it was just the drugs, but y'all have to take my word for it or watch it. But this clip we're watching now obviously is the real intervention. Again, the invention, intervention is an agreed upon meeting. Both people are there. They know what's going on. They're there at their own will. It doesn't mean that they aren't going to be struggling and it doesn't even necessarily mean they're going to say yes, but they know that it's happening. So just remember that. He's here to support this process and to help transport, ideally, Sean to treatment. I want to start this morning by checking in with each of you. Ellie, how are you? The person she's talking to, Ellie, is Sean's half-sister. I was happy to see him alive. You know, just knowing that he's okay. This is how it hits home for me. You know, to see her upset like that. Now I see how this problem has affected my family. That's killing me. Sean, how does it feel to hear your family? It's very hurtful. I don't realize how much pain I'm causing everybody. And I feel as if they, they might think of it as a purposeful thing or something like that, which it wasn't, it totally wasn't. I never meant to hurt anyone. The disease is so self-centered, we can't see outside ourselves. But despite the harm, your sister is hopeful for your return. That's the beautiful thing about family. Gail, how are you feeling this morning? I feel emotionally and physically exhausted from all of this. It's just been really, really hard to watch. What's your hope for your daughter? I'd love to have an adult relationship with my daughter. You know, something that we could 
both bond with. That's my hope. Gina, how are you? Hanging in there. Can you tell me what you want moving forward? To get through this as a team. I love Sean with all my heart. And I appreciate the fact that he, he didn't leave me. I don't think that professing love for people when you're loaded is real. I don't think that's an honest feeling. That's your opinion. All I know is that I know we're going to work out. I love this woman with all my heart. She has a lot of caring to give, and I'm looking to receive it. She wants to mother somebody, and I almost want to be mothered by somebody. I'm missing my children in my life, and he's kind of just like a big kid that needs to be looked after. <laughs> you know that's disturbing. I mean, there's nothing, like, good about that. You're falling into a deep hole together, right? And Gina, you said you're so glad that he didn't leave you. Where the f is he going to go? He lives in a tent. He's not making a choice to stay with you. Dude's got nowhere to go. And the glue between you is heroin. There's nothing romantic about what the two of you are doing. Well, maybe, you know what, maybe when I sober up, maybe I'll see that. Maybe I will. Maybe she will, too. But until then, we also have to remember the fact that we're married. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're married. I mean. OK, that stupid laugh. That chuckle. Yeah, we're married. <laughs> You're not an adult. Also, Gina's mom saying, I want to have, Gail saying, I want to have an adult relationship with I mean, that's hold on i just i think i accidentally okay hold on <laughs> i have to deal with a client can you just i'll explain it in a second okay sorry so um <laughs> what happens what happened is i my client's mom sometimes that i don't know it's like the cloud or whatever her son sometimes accidentally gets the text messages that i send her and he gets all confused, but he doesn't know that it's not for him. So he tries really hard to understand. And then it just doesn't make sense. And I was just like, how does this adult woman not understand what I'm talking about? And then I realized it's probably not her. So sorry about that. I'll probably just cut this. So I don't know why I explained. Um, but anyway, I just want to say I hate Sean. <laughs> um, and yeah, and he's just deflecting. He's like, oh, no, well, regardless, we're going to think about our marriage. So we're a couple. It's like, and I love that Christine is like, what the fuck? This is fucked up. Like, this is dysfunctional. You realize how disgusting it is, or not disgusting, but how dysfunctional it is. He's not going to go anywhere because he has nowhere to go. Like, he's not, he doesn't care about you. You're just there. You're along for the ride, you know, and she refuses to believe it at this point. But yeah, I mean, sheesh. Uh, she just really puts it out there and it's true. And just the way that he breezes past it and changes the subject so he can shock his family with the, the fact that they're married. Ooh, it's like oof, such obvious deflection. It's manipulative. It's so frustrating. Um, but I'm going to let you like kind of listen to the reaction. Just so you can. Here you go. Wow. I mean, I know drugs make you make stupid decisions, but you know, run off and get married when you're all up on heroin i'm sorry that's that's not thinking things through gail how does it feel to hear that your daughter's married it's a surprise well that's not true she doesn't talk to me anymore she doesn't you know share with me her thoughts or her feelings this is not my daughter okay i don't recognize her you know so 
It doesn't surprise me. She kept it from me. Sorry, I disappointed okay, you. Okay, Stop being sorry and let's do something about it. Let's talk about treatment. Are you willing to go? So the treatment recommendation, Sean. Okay, so they agree to go. Um, uh, Gina's going to go to Sacramento. Sean's going to a place in San Jose. Um, for no, those are both like not that far from where they are. Like they're in different directions, though. So one is like two hours south, and one is like two hours northeast maybe a little less yeah no two hours probably if they're in Marin um and so then we get into the rehab of it all you guys I mean believe it or not this is actually kind of the most important part so it takes up half the episode or a little bit more than half that and the aftermath um so Gina's in in we see them both check in you know Gina's really achy I spelled achy wrong I can't spell achy right it's such a weird word. She's hot, sick, restless. She's throwing up. I'm not going to make you listen to that. Trust me. Um, it's like total hell, right? Uh, she's, I wrote simple-minded here, but I'm not totally wa sure why. I think maybe just because she's still focused on Sean. Um, and then the rehab people are saying like, now that or it might have been Christine is saying that, you know, once as they get sober, then, then that's when they have to deal with the emotional onslaught of like everything that's that they've been blocking out with drugs and like they're everything. Yeah. Um, and then there's this part that I really love, just like again from this geeky therapist point of view. And it also spoke to me just personally on a personal level, because it doesn't have to apply to drugs. It's all about making the decisions, right? So um, Gina attends this relapse prevention class, which is like, seems pretty legit. And it's cool that they were able to film it. Um, so I'm going to play a clip of that. It's just the instructor who seems really knowledgeable and not, uh, is not condescending at all, which I appreciate. It's talking about the cost of addiction and she's comparing it to like, you know, a price you pay, like an actual price tag. Um, so here, let me find it. So it's pretty short. It's not quite two minutes. I'm gonna get better at clips, you guys. I promise. Oh, I did it. Okay, here we go. So, welcome. We're gonna be doing a little relapse prevention group today. What we're gonna talk about is what the cost of addiction is and how it pertains to you. Okay, so Gina, what is your cost of addiction? Family. Okay, my children. But what does that mean? What happens when you lose your children? You don't get to see them. Okay, so it causes you pain by not seeing them? Mm-hmm. What does it do for them? They are growing up without a parent. They get abandonment issues. So when you're hanging out with somebody that maybe isn't good for your recovery, whip out your price tag and go, hmm, am I willing to pay this to just hang out with this person? You mentioned, you know, relationships. I think that's an important thing to talk about, too, being a relapse trigger. Gina, when I think about your husband, of course, he's working on himself, and that's lovely. But what's going to come up for you interacting with him? That's a big trigger for you. 
I'm never going to touch heroin again, ever. What I'm saying is that it will be a trigger for you. I'm curious what you feel when I bring that up. Um, I want to deck you really hard. Gina is still very resistant to seeing Sean as one of her relapse triggers, but I know that he is because they're bonded in trauma and they only know each other high. And if she does not begin to work through that issue, her relationship does not stand a chance and neither does her recovery. And that's lovely. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he's, he's trying to go into treatment for himself and that's lovely. But <laughs> she's like, but fuck him. <laughs> Um, and it's true. Like she's very honest. She's this is a very clear. And they, I, I think the reason Gina's angry is because she sort of feels trapped. She's like, "Oh, you tricked me into saying like, you know, the the price I'm paying is my kids, and that's all I care about." And then they're like, "Okay, is it worth it to pay that price for another person?" And she's like, "Fuck you!" And she's all angry because she's childish. And and like as I've said before, as has been said before by other people many times. Anger is fear turned outward, right? You, the more angry you are, the more afraid you are underneath it all. Um, and that could be fear of loss. That could be fear of, you know, like if someone, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. But at least in this context, both of them are afraid. He's afraid of losing control. She's afraid of losing him, vice versa. Like there's so many fears, right? Um, what do I do if I don't have heroin? What do I do if I don't have this partner? Because it's codependent. Like they don't know how to function without each other or the drugs um and that's why she's angry because she's like let me go back and do this destructive thing because that's what i know and so christine is, understands that she knows where the anger comes from so she's just like very objectively like well how are you feeling right now and she, when she says she wants to punch her she's like all right <laughs> um yeah so then getting into sean he's clearly obviously he he has serious social issues like he he again like i'm saying i think he has some sort of disorder or like maybe just anger disorder or maybe like add adhd or maybe like oppositional defiance disorder like who the fuck knows like i have no idea because i don't know enough about this guy but like he's got something compulsive that he needs to fight like he only feels safe if, he fi if he's fighting so he's getting in trouble for his anger like people are saying he, they feel threatened by him he's like i don't know why and he may not know why like honestly he doesn't seem very self-aware so um, you know, he just can't be socially appropriate. He lacks a lot of social emotional skills. He does not know how to talk about anything. He only knows how to react and be angry. Um, so that's when uh, Christine goes to visit him because, because he's having a hard time. And it's day 10 for him. Um, so I'm going to play that clip. Um, and all I have to say is like, as they talk, it's very clear that Sean has like, he's just manifested negative thoughts and defensiveness, no matter what, like, it's going to be bad, because I say it's bad, like, self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, and she's just kind of like, dude, what's with your anger? <laughs> we need to talk about that. And he describes his assault, like, a, some an assault that he made one of many on Gina. And it's really um, unbelievable to hear. He's pretty honest. Um, and he does express remorse. But again, what I has said before is like, that isn't that to him is kind of like a, a license to do it again because he's sorry you know it works to be sorry people forgive you so if i do it again they'll forgive me again you know it's like it's not healthy um so here is the clip for y'all 
I'm coming to see Sean today because Amicus House called me last night saying that he was very angry and having a very difficult time and is considering leaving treatment. Tell me how you are. What's going on? Um, there's a housemate I have, and it seems like he's doing something to hurt me in some way, shape, or form. What Amicus House was talking about was that you were considering leaving. I was trying to get away from the problem, and it felt like it just kept being brought to me. So, I mean, do you understand that the problem actually isn't the house? The problem is here. This comes up for you in your life. I'm curious about your anger and how it relates to your wife. I, I mean, what, are you, what do you want to know? I want to know specifically what happened between you and her. Give me one experience that you remember being abusive with her. I remember that we were, we were arguing over money, and we were yelling back and forth, and I just, I grabbed her by the throat and threw her up against the wall. Why would you hold her, her against the wall? Um, I'm sitting there trying to talk to her, and, and her thing is, is she just ignores me when we're fighting. She knows that pisses me off, so. What does that bring up in you, being ignored? It makes me feel like I'm just not there. Like, since she can ignore me, she doesn't love me. If you, if you don't care about me, that hurts me, so I'm going to hurt you in whatever way I can. What are you feeling right now? Hatred to myself. I've never loved anybody as much as I've loved her. I've treated her worse than anybody I think I've ever treated. What would you say to her if she were here? I would beg for her forgiveness. For a day, right? I mean, honestly, this guy hasn't changed. He's got a way to go. And that's what she sees. Like, she's not like, hey, fuck you, you're helpless. But Christine knows. She just knows. It's, it's very clear. And just as someone who's dealt with somebody like this, I, I can see it as well. Um, you know, uh, I would change everything. I would do it all differently. Uh, I feel so bad, blah, blah, blah. Um, so... Then we go back to Gina. It's day 15. Uh, she's super angry about not seeing Sean. And in a conversation with Christina and I think a counselor, she won't even look at Christina. Um, and Christina's like, I know you're mad at me, da da da. And she says, You know, I notice you won't look at me, but it's not just me. I notice you don't look at anybody. And she says, Yeah, I don't. And then the counselor says, I actually noticed that you, you talk with your eyes closed a lot too. And, and so Gina says, I, well, I learned not to make eye contact because, you know, my ex-boyfriend was really abusive and he would be awful and he would yell things and say things and throw things. And I just learned not to look at him because looking at him made it worse, you know, so that was her defense mechanism. And she says, I'm just that passive. How about that? You know, with, with kind of some vitriol and I, I sort of respect her for that anger because she's finally angry on behalf of herself not on behalf of the heroine or being with sean and she says is it wrong to be passive and she actually it sounds like she's actually asking you know and christina says in the grade she says it's not right or wrong but pass you know being passive means that you can't be empowered you can't stand up for yourself and change your circumstances it's not about right or wrong it's about what's going to serve you um and if you, if you continue to be passive, you're going to continue hurting yourself and being with men that hurt you. And it seems like Gina really takes this in. 
I think, um, regardless of what happens in this moment, seems like she really does take it in. Um, so then as day 21, Sean, um, he just has this blip of being like, yeah, I've learned that anger is a trigger for me. And it's like, <laughs> duh, Sean. All you are is anger. Like, oh, being angry makes me want to use. Like, it's just crazy how he's not self-aware at all. Because that just, he's never been made to. Like, that's just not how he's programmed. I just, I don't know, man. Like, he, developmental issues off the wazoo. Um, and then we have a meeting of Gina. Um, meeting with Christina. Christina. It's Christina, right? I feel bad because I, I was, like, saying Christine. Then I'm like, no, it's Christina. I'm, you know, I can remember every kid's name because I work with kids. But for some reason, I forget. I guess maybe more celebrities than anything. Um, but let's listen to this clip of um, day 23, uh, Christina visiting Gina. Na, na, na. You might hear the end of him talking, sorry. You're going to make me angry. So I worry about that. Does Sean. Okay, anyway. Thank you for being here. The purpose of the meeting is to figure out what you want for yourself and for your own recovery. A major concern of mine is that you're putting your recovery plan based on your husband. I do. I need to. He's my husband. I just want you to come to a place where you can stand in front of your husband and say, despite what anyone else wants, this is what I want. As opposed to wherever you go, I'll go. You know what? You're not helping. The only person who can help me go through all this, who's going through this with me, is I can't even talk to. So I sit here and I cry and I sulk because it's miserable because I can't talk to nobody. And I hate you for it. I know you don't see this now. Yeah, I know. You're not going to even give in, so I don't even know why I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to give in. You should know me better by now. I'll tell you why. Wait, do me I'll a favor then. Why. This will be our last meeting. I don't really want to deal with you anymore. What What not dealing with me is going to do for Because you? you're not giving me anything I want. So what's what the point? You, okay, I just want to point out where you are sitting, right? Right. You can hate me, but don't tell me I don't do anything for you. I'm not... I'm not, not doing, doing, I'm not doing what you want. I'm not giving you okay. what you want, You're not. but I'm going to provide for you what you need. This is an opportunity for you to change your life. If you hang in there with me, you just might get what you need and what you want. If he wants to continue on to his recovery, I will continue mine. If he's ready to move on, then so will I. Gina is hyper-focused on Sean. She has her whole aftercare plan wrapped up in what he's going to do, which is exactly what needs to change if she stands a chance at staying sober and having a healthy life. I mean, wow. I love Christina. Like, just she just laid it down. She was so honest and realistic and like, you can hate me. I don't care. That has nothing to do with this. You know, and then it, when it comes down to it, Gina's actually like, you're not giving me what you my, I want. And it's like she kind of like hopefully hears how ridiculous she sounds. And it's like um, and then Christina's like, I, just because I'm not giving you what you want does not mean I'm not helping you. Those are two different things, you know. And then, of course, Gina puts, I'm going to do whatever Sean does. Um, but she does sway after that. Um, 
I wrote Christina fucking rules in my notes because she does. I don't know why this show ended. I'm, I think it was probably personal reasons. Um, I'll talk about that at the end. Something I, I, I saw in a different episode, but um, I just wish it didn't because it's so good. I, I like it better than intervention, but you know, well, I love my intervention, like hearts to intervention and no shade, but I just love the show is just so unique and I really enjoy it. Um, so, I mean, I've seen most of the episodes several times. There's only two seasons. So, okay. So Sean and Christina are going to do this anger exercise, which is basically like taking uh, medicine balls or whatever in the gym and throwing them down like really, really hard to, to get your anger out. Like think about something that makes you angry and then like throw the ball, right? It was just a really smart, um, reasonable, safe, functional replacement behavior. Um, and I love it. And anyway, but before that, there's this whole conversation where he's being stubborn and narcissistic. And I just wrote, she's so good at clarity, uh, at not taking things personally. She's being consistent and she's providing honest perspective. And also she's not afraid to call bullshit, um, but she's not aggressive about it. She's not like, Hey, you fucking wrong. She's like, so this is, that's not true. And da, 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 da. <laughs> so I have to play this clip because um well yeah okay i'm playing first the one where he, he's being stubborn before the anger exercise um and then we have another one where she kind of like tells him like gives him his wh what for i don't know <laughs> i don't know you guys i'm tired <laughs> uh here's the clip Where's the clip? Close enough. Here we go. To maintain your long-term recovery, and in order to maintain your marriage, you need to learn better. My Mary, I'm so I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but my marriage is one of the things that is pissing me off right now. My marriage is one of the reasons I'm so angry. Why? I I. I feel like the one thing other than dope that matters to me was both things were taken away at once. Let's go inside and talk about it so we don't die of the heat. I'm so close to just losing it just because I haven't been able to talk to my wife. Because you and your wife are apart, it is allowing you to look at yourself in your treatment process. I'm not, I've, it has been too much of a struggle for me without her. I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. That... After intervention, though, you'll be able to talk to her. And my hope is that you will return to treatment, right? Lori is willing to offer you an opportunity to do nine months of treatment at Amicus. I'm not going anywhere without my wife. If my wife's not by my side, then 30 days ago, you climbed out of a tent. And if it means that I can be with her, I'll crawl back in one. You would take your wife back into a tent? I'm not saying I'd take my wife back into a tent, but what I'm saying is that if we can't... What you're saying is you take your wife back into a tent. Let me go outside real quick. I'm getting irritated. Sean's going to let his emotion drive his treatment process, which will be disastrous and very heartbreaking to think that after all this work, it'll all be for naught. Okay, so wow. Um, first of all, it's so clear to me, especially after watching this so many times, that Sean... 
I don't even know if he knows anything about Gina. He's just, she's a lifestyle. She's drugs to him. So essentially he's anthropomorphizing, making human his addiction in Gina. I can't leave Gina. I need to be with Gina. Like she's an excuse, right? She, I think she's like, she's like code almost. She's an escape. She's a safe word like to go back and do the old thing like oh but because it's I love my wife and I love my wife and it's like no you love the drugs you know and 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 you want to avoid this that and the other thing but it has nothing to do with Gina Gina could be anybody Gina could be a freaking scarecrow and he'd just be like I love it you know I honestly no offense to her it's just what does he he loves her in what way like in what way does he love her or pay attention to her at all or even like know her as a human like it from what we can see you know it's just it's bullshit um so that's frustrating so anyway um then before they finally do the smash ball exercise she really like i had to include this too i know it's like right after what we just heard but um she like just like fucking (laughs) gives it to him and i really appreciate it so i really just wanted everyone to hear this a bad idea. I should have just stayed at home. We were told in the beginning, 30 days apart. Sean, you are one of the most entitled homeless people I have ever come across in all my life. It is astounding to me that you are pushing back on the best opportunity that's ever come your way. If you come together with your wife and you guys create your own plan, I promise you, you're going to be loaded sooner than later. If that happens, hopefully, that'll take us out. What? I'm not joking. I'd rather be dead than not with my wife. I just don't know if there's anything further I can do for you. I guess that's what it boils down to, yeah. Well, we got to go do our smash ball thing. Okay, I'm so sorry. I keep elbowing the mic. That's my bad. I'm very cramped in here, but I should still be more careful. So sorry, guys. Thanks for bearing with me and my my learning curve. Um, so what I have to say about that is like, you know, he's he, she's kind of calling his bluff, like without even saying anything, because he's like, oh yeah, we will just die, and it's like he realizes he's not going to do that, and it's it's frustrating um so anyway uh sorry i'm looking at the wrong page um anyway yeah i really like the smash ball exercise it i said it appears to be effective it's a great physical outlet and she's because she's like talking him through it like you know think about this like think about what makes you angry um he's getting angry and he's getting it out and he's like super super like fucking like pissed and like he hates her and he hates the whole thing and he doesn't need rehab and he just needs his wife and he's mad and mad 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 and then it's out of him like it was like a fucking goat like a fucking demon it's out of him and he collapses and he starts crying and i'm like boom there it is like clockwork like there's the fear and he finally got to it because you know because that's what that's what always happens but except this time he didn't beat up his wife he he just threw some balls (laughs) so um and he's like crying and he's like oh that later they're on the step and he's like gina's always the one that was always there for me she was the one that like never would say you can't come back or you know don't talk to me until you're clean you know she was the only one that was there for me and the longer we're apart i'm afraid the longer we're apart the more likely i'll lose her so it's like okay so finally he just like gets vulnerable like 
finally. And Christina's like, this is what I wanted to get to, you know, the fear underneath your anger. Like let's, we can finally talk about what you're actually feeling and deal with it. <sighs> Sorry, I'm getting myself worked up. So there is a clip, a short, short one, a little shorty of kind of like what uh, what they're going to do about aftercare. I think this is when, yes, this is when uh, uh, Christina picks Gina up to bring her to the meetup. The spouses are going to meet up. So this is right before that. I don't know if you heard that, but my upstairs neighbor sneezes really loudly. Okay, here you go. Gina is not coming up with a treatment plan until she sees Sean, and Sean is not coming up with his aftercare plan until he sees Gina. My hope is that they both commit to continuing their treatment. Hey, Gina. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. So, Gina, how are you feeling? Feeling good. I was handed your book the other day, and I was going to start reading it so I get a little more insight about you. But another girl is reading it because she doesn't have that much time left. And since I'm going to be there for another month, I'm going to let her read it. Oh, wait, say that again. Say that last part again. Oh, the part that where I'm going, I didn't bring my clothes with me. So you're going back to treatment. Oh, yeah. Great news. <laughs> How are you feeling about Sean? All I know is I need to take care of me and myself. And hopefully he comes along for my ride. You have come so far in 30 days. It's kind of mind-blowing. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's like a big moment for Gina. In that moment, we're really proud. I'm really proud of her. It's like, can she pull away? You know, can she self-advocate? At least it's a step. Um, and then I'm going to move into the meetup. We do see... There is a clip of Sean talking to his counselor and all he's really saying is like, I want to try harder, but I want to see my wife. Like it's, it's very repetitive of what we've already heard from him. I, I don't feel like anything's really changed on his side of the fence. Um, so then we have the meetup with not just, it's not just Gina and Sean meeting up. It is, you know, the the family members as well. So we're going to hear that and talk about um, yeah, talk about that. That's going to go till the end actually. And then uh, we'll talk about like the follow-up captions and like what actually happened after the, the aftermath. Um, uh, and yeah, so this is the meetup. This is the end. This is where they kind of decide where are you going to go from here, um, et cetera. So enjoy. <laughs> seeing sean today after 30 days amazing he looks so good and i'm proud of him for sticking out 30 days good stuff so do you
Today is Gina's aftervention. Right now, I believe she's probably physically healthy, but I don't know if emotionally she's ready just to go out in the world. I hope that she will stay in treatment a little while longer, because I honestly feel this is her last chance. What's up, family? Dude. What's up, Pop? <laughs> I miss you so much, dude. I'm glad. Good morning. Thank you, everyone, for coming back together for your aftervention. I'd like to start today with a check-in. Colleen, would you like to begin? I want to look Sean in the eye. I know, in times past, I said I was done. But look at me today. You walk away from this program. We're done. These last 30 days, there's been such a peace, and I don't want to lose that. I love that you have come to that place. Yes. How are you? I feel a lot more emotional than I did 30 days ago. The day after we left here, I started a journal. All my heart and my feelings and my soul and my emotions just started pouring out on this paper. It made me reflect on myself and our relationship. I'm really looking forward to what the future holds for us. Thank you. Gail. Um, it's good to see Gina healthy, and I hope she continues her treatment. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Gina, I want you to tell your family what your aftercare plan is. I plan on going back and finishing up my recovery for another 30 days. How do you feel about that, Gail? I'm thrilled that she wants to continue. What I'm kind of disappointed in is this relationship. I don't think you should try and be a relationship while you're both trying to grow up and become adults. I completely agree with you. Yeah, so completely. do I. They both have to learn how to take care of themselves first. So I feel like I should tell you all that Sean's been offered essentially the whole program, Amicus House, which is nine months. You're being handed your life on a silk, no, on a gold-plated platter, dude. I'm going back to the house for another 30 days. So, Sean, you're committing to 30 days right now, not the nine months? It's just not possible. I would like to be able to see Gina. There is no possible way for us to see each other from San Jose to, to Sacramento. Little pause here for those who don't live around here. That's, a, that's bullshit. <laughs> it's a couple hours. It's not impossible. It's way better than what most people do for like what a lot of people do even for just their fucking commutes um and if no one's banning them from seeing each other they could meet in the middle like he's just a baby he just doesn't want to go he just wants to go back to fucking i don't know i just don't think he's committed at all okay anyway here you go i feel like i need to weigh in i have great concerns about your relationship you're hyper dependent on each other instead of being independent however I look at you and I think 30 days ago, an outsider looking in, meeting you in that tent, wouldn't have given you a chance. And if you can come out of that tent, there is hope. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. This intervention has been successful because Gina and Sean are willing to go back to treatment. 
My concern is that they are still very committed in this marriage. However, anything is possible as long as they continue to stay committed to their recovery. From here on out, I'm going to voice my views, put my foot down when I have to, and if he don't like it, then he can go, because I know I'm the best thing that he'll ever have. Christina changed my life by giving me hope at the end of a tunnel. I mean, Gina and I were talking about trying to kill ourselves, and Christina helped us realize that there's people that believe in us and that we can do it. Okay, I'm just going to read you the, like, captiony things that come up during the music. So, here we go. Two weeks after Sean returned to Amicus House, he left treatment to go after Gina. Gina wavered for two days, then left New Dawn Recovery Centers to be with Sean. Together, they moved in with a friend in Vallejo, where they continue with their recoveries. Sean has secured a job in construction. And that's it. Um, so that's it for the clippies and, you know, and the episode. Um, so that's pretty much it, you guys. I guess the only note, yeah, no, I already said Sacramento and San Jose aren't technically that far away from each other. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know it was kind of heavy, but I felt like a good one to cover. Um, I just was really fascinated by this episode. Watched it several times just because I was really interested in it. And, um, you know, and it, I thought it would make for good conversation even with just myself. So let me know what you think. Um, let me know what you want to hear about. If you, anybody out there who's following, um, you know, feel free to message me on Instagram at and what did we learn um, and let me know what, what 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 do you want me to cover what would you like to hear what's something current or old or whatever that you like or that you've been meaning to watch um, let me know hit me up uh, and for now please keep learning and have a wonderful day or night or whenever you're listening to this and I hope you are safe wherever you are good night Sometimes I feel I've got to run away, I've got to get away from the pain you drive into the heart of me, the love we share. Love